Welcome to Love, Honor, and Asperger's, a podcast for partners in autistic or narcissistic relationships. Join author April Anderson and her guests as they delve into their personal experiences and offer their insight. With wisdom and wit, this podcast will provide listeners with invaluable guidance, unwavering support, and compelling real-life stories. Ready? Let's dive in. Hello, my Cassandra brothers and sisters. Welcome to today's episode of Love, Honor, and Asperger podcast. Before I introduce my guest, Diana, who's got some very interesting things to tell us, I want to do a little bit of past business. If you listen to my last podcast, I either had like a senior moment, brain fart, I don't know what you want to call it, but I could not remember the autism test that I took and a lot of people take to try to figure out if they're married to a or have a relationship to an autistic person. And it's called the Autism Spectrum Quotient. It was developed in 2001 by Sir Simon Baron Cohen. He's a clinical psychologist and director of the University of Cambridge Autism Research Center. And what I always connected with him was his cousin is Sasha Baron Cohen, the actor and comedian, who we think is just a hoot. One time I saw him interviewing people as one of his characters, Ali G. So anyway, you can look that up online, the Autism Spectrum Quotient, and check and see if, you know, what you think, how you think your relationship with your husband or your spouse or whatever would fit into that. All right. So now with no more further ado here, let me introduce Diana, who will tell us later. She's got several names, which is really interesting too. So hi, Diana, and welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much. Yes, I will. First, I'll start off with, well, my, let's see, what do I call him? My significant other. We're not legally married, but Mm -hmm. we've been together for 13 years. And I met him right probably two years before my dad passed away. And so to back up, and I also, well, let me just back up. Let me start from the beginning. I was, let's see, I know that I took care of my dad for 10 years, my mom for about five years, Mm. but within a five-year period, I took care of both of them. So they had me, they were a lot older. So they did live until they were in their Mm eighties. I was 35. I was married. I was just starting a new business. I lost everything. 08 happened right at that time. (laughs) Lost our, you know, the crash of 08, lost our business. My mom had had knee surgery. She'd gone downhill, downhill. She was dying, took her into our home. She almost burned the house down. I mean, just one thing after the other. And (laughs) finally, after I lost everything, we had about four homes between my parents and I. Uh And my husband decided to just leave. He had a home in Chico and he he went to school there and we ended up in divorce in 09. Uh And after my mom died in 09, <laughs> I flew off to France to become a Buddhist nun. I was just done. <laughs> well, that sounds like a good solution at the time. Did it help you? you think and I stayed there. It was the most, it was heaven on earth for three months wow. and decided it wasn't really for me. Even the Zen master had said to 
you know, taught us going back to our roots and it still just wasn't real. I was escaping instead of having a calling. Mm-hmm. So I came back to nothing. My dad was still ill. He was still with us and he passed in 2014. But anyway, 2010, I met my forever fiance, let's call him. Right. I'm like that forever fiance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was very tumultuous. His parents were sick. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, I met him so I can help him with his parents. And I was just right. this fixer and helper. He was also my knight in shining armor because he took me away from all the chaos of my life. I was exhausted. I was sick. I'd had chronic pain pretty much my whole life, which had, had gone nuts. I was very ill, always sick with flus and colds and the well, it sounds chronic like a lot, so much stress. whatever it was. It was yeah. the stress. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, he was my knight in shining armor. And then <laughs> I... I think he broke, he broke up with me a few times because uh-huh. I just wasn't, he accused me of doing things I didn't do. Oh, there were some big red flags there. Right, right. So I had kind of an evil aunt in my family. A lot of my family abandoned me. They couldn't understand what was happening. I don't blame them anymore, but I did have an aunt that stole money from my dad and whatever. And it was so interesting how he kind of sided with her. Whoa. This brand new guy I just met, he's And I find out later, that's kind of something that happens. And he left me for that. He thought I was going to steal money from him. I don't know. It was just crazy. So I got him back and felt like I couldn't live without him. Just, I think I was, I was just, I was exhausted. Right. And so then when my dad died, I was completely alone. I don't have siblings. My family had abandoned me. He was the only one that was consistently there, even though he was very, he didn't wear the mask as well as some might. Right. <laughs> I just didn't. I felt like I messed up so much with my family, with my parents. I lost so much. It's all my fault that I did really cater to that. I didn't I didn't see the the red flags. I didn't hear his voice say, oh, you're fat or you're to this wow. or you're just the weird things that come out of his mouth. So 2000, let's see, the last when he left me in let's say 2014, right after my dad passed and I didn't have anybody. So I got him back. I said, well, you have to move me in, marry me, go to therapy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you had, yeah, you had some boundaries. You knew enough to do that. Right? Well, yes, but <laughs> he moved me in. I needed a roof over my head. I couldn't keep a job. And it was just, I didn't know how bad things had gotten. I was having such a hard time mm-hmm. holding on to a job. I was having I was just sick a lot. So anyway, he took care of me. He had money. He he was there. So I had to take him back and we moved. Let's see. I moved in with him and he didn't marry me, but he went to therapy. Well, that's a step. (laughs) Right. And so the therapist thought it was me. (laughs) She didn't understand what he was doing. She said, yeah, he's quirky. He's at least we know he's consistent what he does. It was just a terrible therapy time. Four years went by of me. We had this beautiful home and I just felt less than all the time. I felt I was walking on eggshells. I bought a book about what is it? Borderline personality. Does he have that? He wasn't fitting any of those really well. Then one day he comes in after work and he says, I'm going to Nepal, feed the dogs. Adios. Now. (laughs) Wow. 
a few years before then, I was trying to get him to marry me. And I wanted to get married in Asian country. I wanted the Zen master to, mm. even if we just had a commitment ceremony, to do that. I tried to set it up. He kept saying no, no, no to all the Asian countries I wanted to go to. And then all of a sudden, he comes home and says, oh, I'm going to Nepal. See you later. <laughs> so my book, the first chapter is Nepal changed everything. Oh, okay. So while he was gone to Nepal, I started doing research. I wanted to leave him. I was now completely dependent financially on him mm. with, again, no family, no siblings, no children. I mean, he's all I had. And I looked up autism and it fit. Mm -hmm. Then I found a therapist who understood it kind of. There's still, you know, she worked with autistic children, but right. never really a couple. We were kind of her guinea pigs. I remember her even telling me that. And the beginning of therapy, it was so hard for me to, to explain it all or try to, I was almost just hysterical by then. And it felt like something was wrong with me again. And he would just go in and try to think of things to tell her that maybe a therapist would want to hear. I mean, it was oh, just all kind of a game. Just do it. Like she... I, I found that. I, I don't think you, yeah. any of us have very good experience with therapy. No, I know with, we can't be understood. They... they tell you, they say whatever they want to say. Right. Right. Now, I will say that he was officially diagnosed by her with, mm -hmm. with autism, very mild, within about three or four visits. She did understand that part, but she kept trying to make the relationship work as a relationship. And I kept telling her, it doesn't feel like a relationship. It's no. a caregiver role. He takes care of me financially. I take care of him. Right. Everything else. <laughs> I like the everything else part. <laughs> God. Oh, so... I don't know. I apologize if I, I went a little fast, if any no, of this fine. kind of followed. So we want to tell us more about the book. Did you write that yeah. all while he was away in Nepal? No. So the book happened mainly, let's see, 2018, 19. I started the book 2019. So I'll tell you a little bit of about how that happened. I started getting on Facebook groups. Okay. There's a Wives of... Aspie's group, mm -hmm. there's a Cassandra group, there's a Lifebook group, there's a lot of mm -hmm. good groups. Back then, even the first one I went on, there were only 300 of us. Right. And now it's like 2,000, oh, 3,000 so, plus. There's just so, so many of us. So back then, my therapist, I thank her for this, even though she really kind of caused a little bit of, Distress. I won't say harm, you know, she just didn't yeah. know. She said, start. I called it a coffee chat. She start start groups because I wanted face to face. I wanted friends. I felt so isolated, so right, alone with right. no family. And I started this wonderful group. And then I decided I was on the freeway of all things. Right. And I saw a bunch of crash buckets and I was still having such a hard time with my life. I felt like that was my life and it going crash into, did I have anything to support me? Wow. And it's hard to explain. But I thought, I'm going to get all their stories together and write about this. Nobody knows about this. Nobody understands. You're right. You know, this was You're right. four You're years right. ago. And they still don't. There's a lot and more of us. Don't. But the outside world absolutely does not. They do not it. know. And, you know, I think that's like the worst part of it, you know, for, yeah. especially for me. I mean, 38 years, I keep saying there's something wrong. Yeah. And so many yeah. of us are something wrong. I do yeah. wonder, why can't these therapists, one of my guests recently was Dr. Catherine Wrench, who just wrote this wonderful book, When Eros Meets Actos. And she interviewed oh. people all over the world. It's fabulous. And she said, there's like, I don't know, just millions of people like us. And it's a dark, it goes to a very dark place. 
Mm-hmm. And she just says therapy isn't, doesn't work at all. And hopefully, you know, she can start, <laughs> if people use these books like therapists, maybe read her book. Mm-hmm. Somehow can get a little glimmer of how to help us or at least recognize a situation. Well, I, I think you know, they never could understand what it was. Well, it's that Cassandra syndrome again, that we're always not really understood, even though what I've noticed now is maybe the outside world understanding it, but we always have to change. We always have to do things better to cater to it, to, well, mm-hmm. they can't help it. Well, they can't. And then there's the flip side. Oh, he's just narcissistic. You got to leave him. He's mm-hmm. a terrible person. You got to leave him. There's right. that extreme that's easier to go to for the human condition. It's easier mm-hmm. to do all these little in-between things. Well, anyway, my book, I collected actually 30 women wanted to write their stories. Wow. That was pretty good. And I started gathering stories and it was yeah. so many. I got, I kind of freaked out. Like, oh, what have I, what have you created? <laughs> it's called, it let me just up, say the title is called lonely and in love, right? Lonely in love. Lonely yeah. in love. You can get it on Amazon. We'll talk about it again too, but just so yeah. people have a reference right now. Well, lonely in love okay. title. I love the title. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, it ended up being only 10 of us in the book because it started to really scare some women. They were worried about it getting back somehow. I changed all the names. I really Mm. assured them it was private. I had very, you know, paperwork signed, making sure I changed all the names, everything for their protection. And they were still worried. I found that people don't, when I first started this podcast, people were afraid. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Why are we afraid? Well, a lot of us. Ha- so I don't have children, and I talked to somebody oh, well, just this morning that she wants to protect her children. And I actually saw a very tragic thing happen to a woman who divorced, and she ended up. She he won't support. He just abandoned the kids altogether. Won't pay for their schooling. Mm-hmm. So that kind of thing is really something that I can see with the worrisome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you have children, you have to protect them. So then you're kind of at your own expense, your own health to protect them. Mm-hmm. That's the tragic thing about it, because it's not in the world enough to recognize that autism, it, it has so many different, <laughs> you know, it's a spectrum. Right. For the most part, you know, I don't know, this is all speculation. When they're diagnosed at such a late age, or they don't even know how to accept it. They've have other comorbidities. We've talked about other mm-hmm. personality disorders that kick in because nobody understands them because mm-hmm. they don't get that love and support. Our specific group, it, it is the ladies I've talked to. It's not that all of us are codependent. It's that a lot of the autistic guys had really hard upbringing. Exactly. I don't know if that's, that's just what I've heard. No, I know. I, I could be wrong. I think that's very common. I know what it was with yeah. my, my guy. He was yeah. made to be the, well, he, like his mom would say, I never let him be a little boy. I found, mm. I really think she was never diagnosed, but I'm 99% mm. sure she was autistic. Her brothers yeah. were engineers were, so she didn't have yeah. that emotional empathy with him. And he couldn't, I think he was very sensitive and she just would command or whatever that he would do this, do that, do that, take care of the other two kids. And if he didn't, she spanked him. Mm. And that is a good way to start. You're on your path to being a narcissist because you have to protect your your ego. Yeah, so that's a terrible thing right there. So they do. So so not only are you getting guys that they're on the spectrum and there's the centricity, mm -hmm. there's other things. But when you stick in other comorbidities, it really gets confusing. I know. And harder. 
Right. And, you know, I get, I get to the point, I bring it up a lot because I, I'm always trying to dig deep. I'm like this little dog that's trying to get to the bone all the time. Why does he do this? Why does he do that? <laughs> I try to calm down a little bit. But a lot of the times, even though it's a very narcissistic act, Mm-hmm. He is really clueless and you have to live it and see it in their face and their body language, everything to really see it. Because there are groups out there that say, oh, no, they're not Asperger's. It's all narcissism. You're just fooling yourself. That makes me sick to my heart because I know, OK, for one thing, it is easier if they're bad people to leave them. <laughs> right, right. I know he's a good guy. I know that it's it's sometimes really hard. And I mean, most of the time they will pick very loving, wonderful, and empathetic women. So yes, I feel sorry for him if I were to leave him. Yes, I feel, but it's really, it's making our whole world worse anyway, if I stay or if I, if I stay in that particular, trying to make it better, trying to work as a couple. For me, I have decided to, I've detached emotionally. Oh yeah. (laughs) But not physically. So right. I'm still with him. I still have the issues with health. I'm, yeah, I'm still with him and it's, but I've detached a lot where I can handle it a lot better. And I had, say I, I had to do that. I had to be really rude. Yeah. Yeah. I just had to, I had to detach. Yeah. I didn't even know. I think in the beginning, you know, I, I didn't know that he had Asperger's and mm-hmm. then I found out mm-hmm. he had some, he had covert narcissism and it is that guilt. Every time I would try to argue my point or stand up for what mm-hmm. I thought or something. And we would get in a huge fight. I would always think maybe I overstepped my bounds. Maybe uh. I did something wrong. Maybe because they do have that clueless. Yeah. Like they're, ch- <laughs> they're like a child so many times, right? <laughs> yes. 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 The emotional intelligence is so much like a child, at least for my guy. Mm-hmm. So I try to look at him as a five-year-old child sometimes. Mm-hmm. And just say, okay, darling, you need to do it this way. And this is how it needs to be done. And we'll do it like a mom. And, you know, many women don't want to be a mom to their husband. My goodness. Well, no, we don't. And I know that I have to be that way. I had to detach from, I'll never have that loving spouse to sit down at night and have a meal and talk and watch a movie together. And we, I mean, it just isn't going to be. So am I going to live with him hoping for that all the time and be miserable? Or live with him as well as I can and detach. So your future here, you've got a plan. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I can skip to what I'm doing now, or I can also talk about my book a little bit more. Go ahead. You You mentioned about my names. So I laugh because, (laughs) you know, part of trauma is losing your identity. I I always say with these guys, I joke calling them the blob, you know, that old movie, the blob, where they just kind of soak you. You have to become them. (laughs) You know, and there's this subtle thing that happens like he if I don't like chocolate chip cookies, then I must be insane because he likes chocolate chip cookies. You know, I have to be him. So we lose our identity a little bit. I am three names. I have three last names. One is legal, of course, but this one I'm gonna change. It's D River Martin. So it's D is for Diana <laughs> and River. So when I was in the monastery, my last name is legally Rivera. When I was in the monastery, the nuns would call me River. Mm-hmm. So that's part of that. That's and cool. then Martin, of course, is the name I'd like to change to, just because I like M to be in the middle of the alphabet instead of V. So <laughs> that's my story there. But yeah, I felt like I had to write this book because I got the women's stories 
Well, and that's then I just a huge enterprise. Like you didn't feel well though. That's a huge because I I thought of before I started just doing my memoir. You know, I just did my yeah. memoir because we our life is pretty crazy, and I thought we had stuff yeah. to say. I thought of that, but that's that's a lot of work you did, and you didn't feel well. And that was what year again? It'd be how long ago? So I've suffered with chronic pain my whole life. Right. This, I've just kind of learned to deal with it, but I've felt, okay, he's supporting me financially. I am sitting at home. I do have really good days. I don't even feel I can venture out to get a job. I had just been working with the schools with special needs kids, and I couldn't handle all of the special needs anymore at all. Didn't realize it was from him because I had worked with special need kids for so long. But just mentally, I couldn't handle it. I would sit there in the classroom and be one-on-one with an autistic child and just see my significant other in this child so much I couldn't handle it. So I stopped that job. And I remember we were in therapy trying to tell him, I am not working anymore right now. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hit. We couldn't work for yeah, well, there <laughs> you two go. years or whatever. Right. So when COVID hit, interestingly enough, he stayed home to work, of course, like most of us did. But because I was in his world, he was really nice. He had the business hat on. That's another thing I'd love to talk about. But he had the business hat on. So I was like one of his employees. So he was nice. And he was oh it just, it was this feeling in the house that was so nice. It worked for I was happier than I'd ever been. So that happiness, facade or not, whatever it be, that happiness gave me the energy to finish the book. Oh, okay. That's okay. crazy. That's what you it is. A, you had a respite. Yes. A respite from- I really did. Yeah. Just to have, I think the energy in the household the is so interesting. It, it's not to get woo-woo, but when you're under that heaviness with them, yeah. it affects you. Sure. It's an unseen I used to call it negative vibes floating around. Negative the house. vibes, yeah. You know, you something call it, just like you know the bad vibration. And you know, I know. And I used to call uh-huh. it mental cruelty before I really understood any of this stuff. I said mental cruelty, mental cruelty, and and negative vibes coming out of them. And yeah, we yeah. had relief from that for a while. He's a different person at work. He runs a very successful company. He's a totally different person. That's the part that really baffles us. Mm-hmm. But they wear different hats, and. I actually have a friend who's a woman. She's autistic. She embraces it. She's loving. I catch her sometimes. I say, hey, you're being know-it-all. And she says, oh, I'm not, you know. (laughs) And she said, you got to talk to him when he's got his work hat on. When he comes home, it's off. And whenever I have any really important things, like to get this second house we haven't talked about yet, I'll go to a lunch date with him during his work to talk to him about it. Wow. Good idea. (laughs) Well, you figured that out, how to work with it. Well, most of us, at least I couldn't figure it out that much, but I guess we all <sighs> subliminally know when things would probably work and when things you just know, you know, wouldn't work yeah. out. Right. Well, that's amazing. I don't think yeah. mine, when he was with me, it was just always, I don't think there was that one little, well, sometimes we we're doing our hobbies and all. I think it would be okay. Like we liked running and skiing and golfing and stuff, mm. but I think mm. it was mostly because he was with all these other people too. I don't know. Oh, really? We felt high from... Or happy, whatever the word is, from participating mm-hmm. in something. And it carried over, you know, long enough that we would get along for a while. None of that ever lasted, you know, wouldn't last. Well, I know when I have days. So right now we're in a really good patch because, and this is what, this is my present moment now. I detached enough to, well, if I can tell the story, I had surgery. Mm-hmm. And right after my surgery, it was major surgery. I got covid Two weeks after that, mm-hmm. I remember being in my bed thinking I was going to die a couple of nights. So it took me that to really <laughs> realize 
okay, he can't help me at all because he did disappear. And then when he would try to help me, he'd come into my room. Oh, what do you need? I think I need, and he'd walk out before I got done. Oh my word. <laughs> oh God. It was too much. I laugh now, but it was just horrible because I couldn't even walk. I needed care. Right. And right. I tried to call a friend in to help me and he would not, he didn't want her to come. And I just found out recently that a friend of his said, well, if Diana needs any help, tell me. He never told me she even said that. That's awful. And so I finally just said, okay. And I got on my computer. I looked for a home in a different state. I know that he kind of wants to retire too. And I can't wait for him to retire because it may be never. He makes too much money. And I just went there and I I found us a house. I said, you have to get me this house. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty (laughs) good. Not too many people can do that. He has the money for it, but he I've been working on it for three years to get that to happen. Mm-hmm. But with after that surgery, I was done. I was absolutely had to make it happen. And I feel like it had to be done. Like he couldn't stop it this time. So we're in it just got approved. It's we're in celebration mode right now. He's already planning to live there. Oh, geez. <laughs> Which is so silly because he works here. I thought that was going to be your healing place. And it is going to be, I know that he won't be there, but right now it has to be about him. Mm-hmm. It has to be what his house, his. Okay. So just the way he processes it, it's just kind of this warped thinking that doesn't make sense to us. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to it and that we have the keys to that house, I know that I have a place to go to. Mm-hmm. I know that I have a place I can afford if he does leave me because we're not legally married. I know that I have, I've set up things. Mm-hmm. That my psyche, my, the way that I am would not do that. But with him, I have to do that. Does that make sense? I have yeah. to use some manipulation. I have to use, I have to be a person I'm not in order to get things mm-hmm. that will be healthy for both of us, if that right. makes sense. Right. You know, <laughs> if you would tell that to say a friend at lunch or something before we, that doesn't know about the Cassandra and the autism, yeah. they go, oh, my husband's like that. All men are like that. But, oh, you know, oh, I have to, you know, if I want to do something, I have to work it, you know, around, you know, but no, no, this is much, much deeper. And you've done a great job of doing this type of a thing, which I think a lot of us just can't. I mean, I know people can't, but you've done a really good job of, I don't want to say getting what you want, but, you know, working on your life, making it through, you should be a psychologist yourself, you know, I swear. But um, I did go to schooling for it, but I didn't. And my, the subtitle of my book says he's not just being a guy. He's, oh, Maybe autistic. Well, there you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, they always yeah. say he's just being a guy, but no, what you're talking about is so much deeper. And yeah, I'm just amazed how you could, you've really worked that out. I hope it all, I hope it goes the way you think. Now you were talking about the last yeah. straw. Was that the last, it was the last straw was when you were sick with COVID and think you're dying and he didn't have a friend come in. Yeah, that was more of the, cause I'm getting, I'm not getting a younger, none of us are. And if I'm going to stay with him and I'm going to stay well with him, I need my own community. I don't have anybody here. Mm-hmm. I found it's a 55 plus community. I'm not oh, wow. quite 55. Mm-hmm. It's a, one of the best communities in the state. I really did my homework and made it happen and it's for survival and it's. <sighs> Again, I'm just, you know, I'm lucky that he can afford to do that. But I know that I really, I also want to give myself kudos. You know how sometimes we're, oh, you know, I just did the, but no, we do that too much. I am proud of myself. I'm going to pat myself on the back and say, you know, I really made this happen. Even though I have chronic pain, I had this surgery, I, I deal with a lot of 
you know, it's amazing what the human spirit can do when they really put their mind really to it. I, it. Wow. Uh, and yeah, even the book. And, and I think it just kind of really upset me that I went through all this caregiving with my parents. And then I meet this guy, mm-hmm. like, come on, I got to do something. I got to help other people or do something with this insanity. <laughs> I interviewed a person, her name is Cheryl Nye. She was this third maybe episode. And I know her personally, but she wrote a book called Taming Autism and Children. She's a child psychologist, but she did a lot of different, really interesting studies and so forth. But the part that we could connect more with adults is that she says caregivers, she talked a lot about caregiving, Mm -hmm. caregivers that she says die in an average of 10 years before other people that are under that stress. So that, that is, when you're talking about survival, it's not a joke. You really need to get out of that stress, Mm self-care. You mm-hmm. want to be, you know, certain to kind of caregiving happens maybe briefly, but when it's chronic and it goes, it never ends. Mm-hmm. That's when it really can. Hurt. Yeah. And I, I didn't feel like I was going to heal after that surgery. I really felt like it was going to oh, do yeah. me in because I just, and it was, you know, it was a major surgery, but it was, most people survive it. <laughs> and I felt, and then of course COVID and I thought I was going to die and to die alone like that. Uh, uh-uh. I just, uh, it struck me so hard because I'd been working on him for three years, but not in the way I did it. It was just kind of had to be done. <laughs> and so doors start opening up. I don't know how to explain it. It was just kind of an answer to prayer, I'd say. Yeah, you know, yeah. you that step to help yourself. I think the doors do open. Yeah. Usually, usually, you know, you can. I had to detach, though. I had to really 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 detached he's not going to change he's not we know it logically but mm-hmm. still that psyche that part of us kicks in to say oh i can't do that to him oh i feel sorry for him oh he oh. can't help it oh yeah no no darn it no no and he's low- not feeling that way to me for me no. he can't even do it and i know he can't help it there was one thing i wanted to add before we close when you were saying about when you tell friends and they say, oh, he's just being a guy. Oh, he's, I talked to a friend the other day, a new friend didn't know about it, kind of told her some, and she knew all about neurodiverse relationships, Wow! but on the surface, she didn't live it. So instead of saying, oh, he's just being a guy, she said, oh no, you just have to talk to him a certain way. Oh, And you just have to, so I think what's happening now, okay, people are learning more about it. They're getting the verbiage but it's still not understood. It was almost even a more kick to the heart with her saying that, yeah. trying to say, are you sure that he's that? And, you know, and I was like, <laughs> well, you have to, if you're going to keep in this relationship, oh, thing, you, know, you have to do some, you have, you have to work with them. It's like working with a child. I mean, you, you have to, you know, but the you detaching do. emotionally, using your intelligence and your, your emotional intelligence, which they don't, really have they don't have it you know yeah. it's where you have a leg up and you're just gonna have to persevere right. that way to, to continue on but i think you're just doing a wonderful job with that honestly what would you tell somebody what would you tell women that are find themselves ill probably dependent maybe if you want to say mm-hmm. last straw happening mm-hmm. but what, what would you say for people to do mm. gosh that's a strong question because it just happened to me i'm right I'm financially dependent and I'm, <laughs> you know, my group, I have a small group of women. We, we have the same guys. We're called dedicated diamonds. Oh, and yeah, I felt I like the name meant, you know, we're strong. 
and but we're dedicated to mm-hmm. and at first we were okay we're staying with them we're going to work it out now it's dedication to yourself for self-healing to take care of you and make it that first and foremost part of your life always always for your children for everybody else that you love it's it, you know it, we say how simple oh okay you have to put the mask on first you know if the plane's going down you have to put it on before right but it really is something that is so hard to do, but you absolutely have to do it. So I would say to have that dedication and that determination for yourself to be happy and healthy, because then the whole world opens up to you. Because mm-hmm. if not, you're stuck. You're on a constant. I love it. I love that. Dedicated. Dying. Yeah. Yeah. That's I know good. I'm going to think of something better later. I caught you off guard on that one, but that was well said. <laughs> That's really well said. I like oh, that. Good. Would you want to just tell us more, a little bit more, how people can get your book and, and we'll go through the title oh. again and, and what exact name you, you have on there because it's on Amazon, correct? Yes. It's on Amazon. It's on Kobo Books. Amazon's the big one. So it's Lonely in Love by D. River Martin. And the subtitle is He's Not Just Being a Guy. He May Be Autistic. And yeah, you can get it on Amazon. Great. That's great. It's on books. It's also on audio too. So if oh, you're an audio. Good. People always ask me with my book at audio and I'm yes. like, I didn't even know how I was so worn out after doing mine. Oh. I, I just didn't. It's a lot of work writing a book. I mean, honestly. Yes. I had an incredible editor. I also really encouraged others to write books and I did have a lot of support from her and she knew an incredible person to do the audio. So I was really, really lucky. She kind of, Yeah. And you know what I'll say to women, we got to have a community around us. Yeah. That's what I want to say and support. And we got the You got to find it and let go of the ones who don't support you, which is most of the time family. (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's a shame, isn't it? It is. And our best friends. We're too much like them, I think. I have some (laughs) good friends, you know, when we were couples that they just, they won't talk to me or they they won't read the book. We don't want to hear anything bad about my ex. Oh, my gosh. Oh, disregarding no. they feelings. just they yeah. get it through no he was my he was very amiable very pleasant you know and I'm more of a loud mm. sort of loud mouth but you know he just he honestly I can just look at him when we we're out and watch it his mm-hmm. and his he exuded sort of like well they didn't know he wasn't interested in them but you think he was it's yeah. only because he didn't talk that's why but it didn't mean he was really thinking of what anybody else was saying. I mean, he would just yeah. sit there and they go, isn't that wonderful? So that, that thing mm-hmm. was just a guy. Oh, my God, that was so heartbreaking to hear that all the time, honestly. I know. And that's a great subtitle. And I'm yeah. going to get your book. I'm going to order it tonight, Billy. Oh, goody. So thank you for coming on. It's so nice to meet You're you. Welcome. People don't know, but we actually talk back and forth. Well, Diane yeah. was going through her surgery and then I'll, and she wanted to be on. Yeah. And, oh, no, I have COVID now. We're going, oh, no. You I know. know. <laughs> And she finally, I thought, am I going to ever hear from this poor soul who keeps having getting hit, knocked down and with one thing after the other. So I'm just really happy that we got to have this chat. Mm-hmm. And listen, I'm going to be rooting for you, which a wonderful 55 and over community. And you're going to meet all these people. You can play Mahjong or something. Whatever they I know. Yeah. I, I'm going to teach yoga. Oh, see, look at that. That's your yoga because I have to do it for my own body. So it'll mainly, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they'll be so happy to have you. I'm excited. I just see, I see a really nice future for you that you've worked out. Oh, yeah. Well, all right. Listen, I will be in touch. I get to talk to my guests and say, how you doing now? 
So, <laughs> you know, so thank you very much, Diana. And thank you take you. good care and good luck with all your plans. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please review, subscribe, and tell a friend. My website is www.aprilanderson.net. Remember to trust yourself, be strong, and don't let them get you.